Here we are back, another week, another new episode. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the show. Y'all love it, we love it, y'all can't get enough. If you happen to be new to this show, this show is all about bringing together different perspectives. My friend, my co-host, Dante, joins me on every single episode as we talk about pop culture, entertainment, politics, and music. And it's always a good time on the show. We go in different directions. We agree and we disagree. But I think that's the point of the show. Y'all see it in the title and y'all enjoy it. So be sure to subscribe. Be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow on Spotify follow on Apple Podcast, rate, review. We love that. We have a link in the description where you guys can send us whatever you want. Um, it's an anonymous question bank where y'all can ask us anything. Please include where you're listening from. We love you know, knowing that information to see where everybody's connected. We love it. And we always emphasize that it is anonymous. I'm actually glad that I don't know who writes these in because y'all send some weird stuff sometimes. And maybe for the sake of y'all, it'd be best to not know your identity. But nevertheless, that option is there for you guys. Am I forgetting anything? No, I think that's about it. You know, tell your friends to tell their friends about it. Leave us some questions. Leave us rating reviews. Listen to the episodes. Tell us how you feel about them. You know, we do this for you guys. We love how interactive you are. So interact with us. Tell us, you know, when you agree with us, when you disagree, give us some different perspective on it because that's what it's about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. This is a kind of a departure from what we normally do. Normally, we give y'all listener questions. Uh, We answer some anonymous questions that we go through off my chest and read some stories. But this week, we're going to take a little break from that. Dante, what exactly are we giving the people this week? We're giving them what they want. (laughs) At the end of the day, we just want to make you feel good, right? I just want it to feel good. We just want to make you feel good. So by back by popular demand, we're going to give you some more unpopular opinions. And what would you do scenarios and get the brains flowing? Make sure y'all in y'all cars or in your headphones talking back to us and be like, you wrong about that. I agree with that. You like, yeah, we want all of it. We want all the smoke. Yes. Bring us all the smoke. We love it. And I love doing unpopular opinions because some of these opinions are actually unpopular. So it's interesting to see whether or not Dante and I will agree on a certain situation. I guess that's the point of this episode. So I guess let's get into it. So, you guys, my first unpopular opinion, somebody said, taking a break from a relationship is pretty much the dumbest thing. They go on to say, you either stay together or end it for good. Doing on and off never helped anyone and taking a break to figure shit out separately and avoiding the problem rather than sticking through it together seems weak and like an easy way out. If you aren't my partner through tough times or need time for yourself to figure out your feelings, it is not meant to be. Breakups are normal, but taking breaks is just something that is normalized yet shouldn't be normalized. Putting a relationship on hold is just weird. Ooh. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, This is an unpopular opinion for a reason because I completely disagree with it. The way that it was read to me and the way that it sounds to me is that this person seems pretty selfish. Sometimes there's things that go on in a person's life that they don't want to put as a burden on somebody else. Or sometimes you need to be alone. You need to be with yourself. And that doesn't reflect negatively on your partner or anything like that. It's about you as a person. At the end of the day, you are still an individual and you still go through things in your life, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it may be, individually. And you don't want to put that burden on somebody else. I know for me, right? 
when I lost my grandma, like I didn't want to talk to nobody about that. Like that's something I have to deal with myself. And if I need to step back from things, whether it be work, friendships, relationships, I have to do that on my time. That's not talking down to anybody or reflecting negative, saying, oh, well, you're not my person because I need to work through this by myself. No, I think that's actually the mature thing to do of, hey, I can't be at my best for you. And this doesn't this is no reflection of you not being able to be there for me. Maybe people don't want somebody there for them at some at some points and they need to work through things on their own because there are certain answers that you may be looking for that only you can figure out. And I hate to use this example because I don't like thinking about Mm -hmm. it. Um, But like I said, when I lost my grandma, like that's something I had to figure out. That's something I had to do on my own for me. There's nothing nobody can say or anything anybody could do that will make that would have made me come to terms with it and move past it sooner than I did. It's something I had to take on for myself and have to handle myself. So I disagree with this person. I agree with this person. They said taking a break from a relationship is dumb. And I agree because we're talking about break. We're not talking about uh, space for myself because something unfortunate happened in my life. This is like we're figuring things out. So we're going to take a break because people always wonder what exactly is allowed to happen when you're on a break because Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade, they took a break. And during that break, Dwayne Wade got another woman pregnant and had a baby and that messed the relationship up. So people are wondering, like, if you're on a break, is that stuff allowed to happen? Are you allowed to see other people when you're on a break? Because at that point, you might as well be broken up instead of being on a break because it leaves people in limbo. Like, what are we? What is this relationship? Are we allowed to see other people? For that reason, exactly. That's why I think taking a break is dumb. So it just gives people an excuse to do whatever and then say, oh, but I'm in a relationship. So that's where I see it. What you said sounded like space more than a break from this relationship. Well, I think that it's I think it's not being selfish, right? Like, hey, I know that I can't function in this thing and give you what you need and what you deserve and what you think that you want and need and deserve because I'm lost myself. So break up. So sure. That's how some people view it. That's why this is called polar opposites, right? We disagree on it. I'm not going to argue it. I just know what I've done in my life. You know, if if people say, hey, break up is a better way, then good for you. I hope you practice that. If not, then cool. Do what works for you. But I think that the person writing this, I mean, that just sounds a little selfish to me. So answer this. What are people allowed to do in a break? Like, are you allowed to see other people? Because if you're taking a break, you're still together, but you're just taking some time to yourself while y'all figure out the state of your relationship. So what's allowed to happen? Because that's where people may draw a line there. I agree with you. Right. Like, so if you're taking a break, like you are still, you know, with this person. So you shouldn't be having any extracurricular activities, as we like to call them <laughs> sometimes. Sex. Um, <laughs> Smashing. <laughs> This man's all <laughs> it's the Red Bull. Um, so, so, yeah, no, I think stuff like that should be discussed, right? Like if you're taking a break, it shouldn't be about anybody else in the situation. It should be about you. Um, so it shouldn't be like, hey, I'm taking this break because I want to see what else what else is out there. If that's the case, if you want to see what else is out there, then, yeah, you should break up that I'm in full agreements with. But this is about you and what you're struggling through or going through. Then, yeah, that that's should be understood and should be discussed because you shouldn't leave anything up to assumptions because that makes an ass out of you and me. That's that's a bar. That's a bar. Sometimes Dante be delivering bars and he doesn't even know it. Y'all might think that these are rehearsed. This is off the dome. Yeah, I'd be I'd be freestyling, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Give me some slam poetry snaps and shit. Love it. Yes. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. This man is on one. 
All right, so we answered that one. Do y'all agree with us? Do y'all disagree? What is your definition of a break? I think we will actually do a poll on the story to see what you guys consider acceptable when it comes to your behavior and a break from a relationship. So definitely let us know. Click that link in the description and send us an anonymous question. All right, Dante, what are you serving up? What's your unpopular opinion? So this unpopular opinion I saw, it says, the more effort that goes into your gym outfit, the less I feel like you're here to actually work out. This person Mm. goes on to preface it by saying, ever notice how the Hulk-like beast who bench presses your mom seems like he's crawled out of (laughs) the 90% off rags bin from Target? The better dressed you are at the gym, the more you give off sad wannabe influencer vibes. I'm here to push and pull shit, sweat and look gross, take the fashion show shit home. Thank you for giving me that compliment saying that I look like a Hulk-like beast. I appreciate it. But um, They weren't talking you, about uh, you, Roy. Yes, they were. <laughs> do you agree or do you disagree, Justin? Um, I disagree. Why are you looking at everybody? Really? You're there to be working out. Why do you have time to be looking over here and looking over there? Do you? I think people care too much what other people are doing, what they're wearing. And some people, they use like their gym attire as a way to motivate them to get into the gym. I'm friends with some girls that are like, man, if I buy these cute gym clothes, it's going to make me want to actually use them when I go to the gym. There's nothing wrong with looking good, feeling yourself, feeling happy. Um, when you look in the mirror at the gym, you're like, oh, I look good because I'd be doing that all the time too and I think there's nothing wrong with that but at the same time people that wear rags and the clothes that they don't care about to work out that's fine too because you're going to be sweating and getting that you know clothing item dirty so it really doesn't matter what you look like but for people that dress nice and have good gym attire to work out I'm cool with that too very interesting um to see this is what I like about talking these things out and hearing perspective. I also disagree with this person just for the simple fact, like, I don't give a fuck what nobody else is wearing in the gym. It don't got nothing to do with me. It don't concern me. I'm one of those people that look like they're wearing rags when I used to go to the gym because I didn't care about coordinating or anything like that. I agree with them when it was like, hey, I'm here to push and pull heavy shit and get my workout in. Right. I'm wearing oversized stuff. I'm trying to sweat. I'm getting it in. But if you like to look nice and be coordinated and all that stuff, I'm here for it. Do your thing, because I truly believe in look good, feel good. And if you're looking good, that makes you feel good and it motivates you. Do whatever you got to do to make it through the day, man. I ain't out here trying to put nobody down because life's hard enough. Right. Do whatever you got to do to make it through the day. So my next unpopular opinion, this person says, A lot of problems could be solved if men took birth control too. And they go on to say, not only would it prevent mistrust, but both parties can be sure they're being responsible about it. They can both decide if they want to have a baby when the time is right, even if one of them stopped taking birth control. Okay. So they say a lot of problems could be solved if men took birth control too. Agree or disagree? I disagree. I think it can solve some problems but i think it could create a lot of other ones how so um we talked about indirectly but we talked about sex and safe sex on here a couple episodes ago right most of what's on people's mind is avoiding pregnancy if they don't want to you know have a kid right that's one of the things they warn you about and sex ed and all that stuff so if men could take birth control yeah that takes one thing off the table like hey i'm on the pill <laughs> can you imagine a man saying that sorry i didn't mean to laugh can you imagine a man saying that like no nah, i'm on the pillar i have a iud and Okay, cool. I can't get you pregnant. I think that would make condom usage go way down because people are like, all right, cool. I know I can't get pregnant, but I think that make condom usage go down because people that's, fine. that's a form of contraception. But that means these STDs out here flying. And I think that creates another problem. Oh. So that's why I disagree with this wholeheartedly disagree with it. I didn't think of that. Oh, wow. That's good. Because just because you can prevent pregnancy doesn't mean that 
your chances of getting an STD decrease as well. Hmm. Bro, you know, you know how many like and, and look, guys, we we're honest on this podcast. We're gonna be honest with each other. You know how many times you don't want to use a rubber, and then it's like, oh, cool, I can't get you pregnant now because we're both on the pill. Right, man. Condom sales will go down. Condom usage will go down, and STDs will go up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think eliminating one problem creates another problem, which may be a bigger problem if we're being honest. That is so interesting. I didn't even think of that because I thought we were going to argue about something completely different. But this whole STD thing came in and changed the game <laughs> completely. Wow. <laughs> this guy came in ready to fight with me. See, I did. <laughs> so does this change your answer on this? Um, My frame of thinking was that if women have to take it and we're all about equality, we should take it, too. And there should be no problems with that. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm like I love stumped. this guys. I love this guys. <laughs> I don't even know what to I love say. In the brain working and churning, man. Because it's rare, right? <laughs> Dante barely wow. has me backpedaling and stumbling and mumbling, but this is one of those times where I don't know what to say because I agree with what he said. There are unforeseen consequences to certain decisions that are made. But where I see it in the black and white sense is that if women have to take it, we should take it too because we're both being responsible. And there's probably like a big angle of this that I'm missing that I'm not bringing up in the moment. But when I go back and play it, I'm going to be like, why didn't I counter it with this? And the people that are listening are probably saying the same thing as they're talking to themselves, listening to this episode. And they're like, say this, but I'm not remembering at the moment. And I apologize. But, you know, (laughs) or they're like, they're feeling like how you're feeling like, at, you had us in the first half, but now you made me think like, yeah, because people are probably looking in the mirror right now like, yeah, I wouldn't use rubbers no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't have any words anymore. So, yeah, I guess I agree with Dante. See, we're agreeing, y'all. It's a beautiful thing. We love to see it. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So the next unpopular opinion I have is you shouldn't tell me a secret and expect me to keep it from my significant other. The person goes on to say, oh, that is good. The person goes on to say, I don't care who you are, a good friend of mine, a family member, anyone. If you've known me longer than I've known my spouse, if you tell me a secret, I'm going to tell my spouse. You shouldn't ask me to keep it from them because that's kind of a dick move. One of the biggest perks of having a spouse is not needing to keep any secrets from them. Either accept the fact that they're going to get the information too, or keep it completely to yourself. All right. So Dante, the person said, you shouldn't tell me a secret and expect me to keep it from my significant other. Agree or disagree? So this is one of those ones where... The initial statement I have feelings towards, but when the person expanded upon it, I have completely different feelings for. Um, I think that if somebody's in a long term relationship and, you know, somebody tells them something that you probably should expect them to talk it over with their significant other. But I don't feel like it's deceitful if you don't. Right. Like, so what if one of my friends tells me that they plan on proposing or vice versa? And I'm like, hey, you can't you literally can't tell anybody this because you know what happens. You tell one person one thing where it travels. Now this person has an idea that this is a big life moment. Surprise was ruined. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that if you tell somebody something in confidence, you should have the, their confidence that it stays between you and them and not shared with the significant other. Right. Yeah. I think that's where I'm landing on it. Yep. 
Because that's my take as well. Because you guys, I'm the type of person, my friends tell me stuff all the time. And if they tell me specifically to not tell anybody, I won't. I don't care if the other person that I could possibly tell is my bestie, my brother or whatever. I really do keep it to myself because I just don't want people to know. And then when it's regarding a situation where we have mutuals involved and if I tell somebody there's a chance that they could get around, I'm definitely not saying anything because that's how you cause drama. That's how people get mad at you. And that's how you affect the trust that you have with your friends. So that's something that I take very seriously. So if somebody tells Big me something in confidence, speak, man. Like if somebody tells me something in confidence, I'm going to keep it to myself if that's how they want the message to be spread. Big facts. If they wanted everybody to know, they would put it on Twitter, IG or Facebook. Just because you got a prom pillow talking and shit doesn't mean that. Like I think that kind of makes you a bad friend, right? If somebody's coming to you because they trust you, they feel like they can confide in you and you're betraying that trust. No, nah, that don't sit right with me. You stop pillow talking, especially like you mentioned, if there's mutuals involved. Yeah, it ain't, ain't going to do nothing but get messy. It ain't going to do nothing but get messy. And then you're going to look like the asshole because it all generated around you. It doesn't matter what information was shared, but because it got out and it's your fault it got out, you're enemy number one right now. Right. You can control what you can control. Yes, you can have trust in another friend that you're telling somebody's secret to, but at the end of the day, you have no control over what they do. But what you can control is keeping your mouth shut and not <laughs> not saying anything at all. That's what you can control. You know, my mom told me something real interesting one time. I mean, she she always told me, like, don't say anything to anybody else that you wouldn't want repeated because there's a good chance that it might be. Yeah. And she taught me, like, hey, tell somebody something one day. And it might not be true, but just see if it gets back to you. That's how you know if you can trust somebody. And I've done that and it served me very well. I'll tell somebody it's not true. Something that's not true. Like, oh, yeah, you know, they said I was uh, at that party last weekend, but guess where I was really at? And then seeing if it got around. That's a good way to, to test people's uh, if they can hold water, because the worst thing that's a that's a really bad feeling of being let down by somebody you consider a friend. They're out here, you know, telling your secrets and then it all becomes whispered down the lane and stuff gets uh, twisted and turned. And by the time it gets back to you, it's not the even the original message. Yeah. You know? It affects friendships. It really does and ends friendships, unfortunately. Definitely ends friendships. For sure, it ends friendships. It reminds me of like psychiatrist or psychologist and patient doctor confidentiality. Do you think that there's a lot of psychiatrists out there that really do keep their patients information private? Or do you think they're telling their significant other? Because I think they do tell their significant other. I think a lot of them keep it. I think some I think a lot of them keep it private and and. That's an interesting thought that you went on there, because if somebody's talking about self-harm, are they obligated to tell the authorities or is it that client privilege? No, they have to tell the authorities. Okay, see, I didn't know that. That That's something I've always wanted to know. Maybe psychiatrists talk to each other and vent to each other about stuff, but mm -hmm. that's still that's still telling somebody a secret. Yeah, because I heard that they can get in big trouble if it's found out that they're telling their patients information out there. I really do think that they do be gossiping with their spouses and with other professionals, but I don't know. Well, they should get in trouble for sharing that information because people like really if somebody is bold enough and brave enough to go to therapy, like they trust you so much. Mm -hmm. Um and to betray that trust, like they feel like if you're going to therapy, like you obviously feel like this is the best person that you could talk to about. This, this is the best route to go. So they're telling you stuff that they haven't told their family, their significant other, their friends, anybody. And for you to betray that, like that'll mess them up forever. They might not ever talk to anybody about what they're feeling and going through ever again. And that's right. sad. Yeah. So all you psychiatrists out there, close your mouth. <laughs> close your mouth. Dante, what do you have up for us? 
All right. My next unpopular opinion is we should have death education in school, you know, similar to sex education. This person goes on to say, many people don't realize the reality of death. I'm tired of seeing murderers on the Internet being glorified. How many of you have seen pictures of Jack the Ripper's victims? How many of you that have seen them still think he's cool? Just like sex ed, whilst knowing your own body and what's capable of is important, I also think it's important to know how fragile it is. All children should know how life starts and how it ends. Both should be basic knowledge. And I'm thinking all ages of kids. You can have perfectly healthy and good discussion with young kids about death if you approach it right. Then when grandma dies, they won't be confused about what's going on. We're all going to die. And I think we should teach our kids not to fear it to treat death with respect and encourage them to find their own healthy way of dealing with death. What say you, Justin? I don't mind that. I don't mind that. I think people listening might be like, okay, what's the appropriate age to do that to where you understand a complex situation like that? Because I feel like death is something that younger people struggle with. Grandma is dead. What does that mean? Where does she go when she die? And there are certain questions that you can't really answer because we don't even have all the answers to it as humans so how can we expect a little kid to understand the gravity of what dying and what death means i don't think yeah i mean i don't think that we can expect them to understand the gravity of that situation and i think that's what this person was getting at here and i'll let you finish but i i know that for me like when it comes time to teach my kids about death i think the way that i'm going to approach it is get them a goldfish right when that goldfish dies because their lifespan is pretty short I can have a talk with them and start that conversation about what death is, what happened to this goldfish. Here, you're never going to see it again. Here's why. And all that stuff, because that's just off the top of my head, the best way I think I can describe it. I'd rather do it with that than do it with a loved one. God, right. You know, if that doesn't come first, but um, I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. Well, you bring up an interesting point. So let's say the goldfish is dead. If they say, Daddy, where did Goldie go? What do you say to that? <laughs> Uh, depending on the age, I'd be like, "Hey, that. man, he, uh-huh. yeah, I know." <laughs> depending <laughs> on the age, I'd be like, "Hey, man, he went to he went to Goldfish Heaven to be with uh, all his Goldfish friends before him, you know." And the older they get, the more we can talk about it and talk about the finality of death. And I think that's the problem that I think this this would help, right? I think a lot of kids, and I mean, even older than we're talking, like four, five, six, seven, people don't understand the finality of death until it hits really close to home for them because. At that age, you're young. You feel like, okay, I know all these older people in my family or in my community. And, you know, I'm going to live to be really, really old. And then, you know, a lot of people, it it hits them when somebody they went to school with dies. You know, I've had a couple Mm -hmm. people that I graduated with just 10 years ago die. And I think that kids would be better off understanding the finality of death and understand that, hey, this isn't, you know, like going away for summer camp and coming back and you're going to see your family again. Like, you're not going to see this person ever again. And we should probably talk about why that is and how to deal with those feelings. And I think them taking courses and stuff like this in school would be very helpful. Like, yeah, bring back class pets. Right. So then that pet dies and the teacher can talk about this is what's going on, you know, and for people that say, oh, well, I don't trust them to, you know, talk about this with my kid, but you're trusting them to have sex ed, too. Right. So I think they, they it's different ages, it. though. Well, yes, that is true. Yeah. As your body is developing, you're feeling stuff and sometimes you don't have the wherewithal to explain everything. So I think that's where sex ed comes in handy. But with death, it's like at what age do you feel appropriate to teach a young person about the finality of death? 
there's certain things that the teacher can't say because all those students have different religions that they follow. So you can't say, oh, they went to doggy heaven. And it's like, what's heaven? Because some people believe in other things. Some people don't believe in anything. So it's like you have to really be careful with where you go. I guess you have a stopping point of they're no longer on this earth anymore. Questions about where they are. I don't think you can answer. And you know what? At that point, they'd, they'd probably be better served saying, you know, you should probably talk to your parents about where they are now, because like you said, everybody has different religions and different beliefs. So I think that would be a good starting point, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's it's touchy, but I do think that at certain ages, whenever you feel comfortable, slowly explaining to your kids the process of life is important so they understand the world a little bit more. I think that some people want to shelter their kids away from sadness and things that might upset them, but I think it does them harm because at the end of the day, they're learning and growing. And part of learning and growing is learning about death, unfortunately, because it's something that they may deal with, whether that's a pet or a loved one. And if that does happen, it's like you're going to have to explain it to them one way or another. Because I used to see grandma every day after school and now I don't see her anymore and everybody's sad. Why is everybody sad? So you have to explain that they're not here anymore. And that's the cycle of life. It even goes into like pregnancy too and understanding that. Um, what age do you feel comfortable explaining that? Because some kids see that their mom is pregnant and that her belly is getting bigger, but they don't understand how a baby is growing inside there. And it is confusing. Even adults, even me, I'm confused by it. Like how can a 10 pound thing come out of somebody's stomach like that? But it's interesting because I think that if you have to talk about death, you have to talk about life too. Does life begin at conception? <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Um, <laughs> Justin, I think this is like three, four in a row that we agreed on. So I know you're about to hit me with some shit where I know we're going to disagree because you're getting sick of this, huh? Huh. I mean, I'm, I'm OK with it. The conversation is good. Let me find something. I wonder what you'll think of this one. Steroids should be legalized for all sports so we can really see the peak. <laughs> I know another roids, another roids discussion, a lot of steroids these past two weeks. Um, they say <laughs> steroids should be legalized for all sports so we can really see the peak of what humans can achieve. I'm of the firm belief that pretty much everyone at the highest level of sports is already juicing in some capacity. If athletes were allowed to take as much of whatever they wanted, then we would see how truly good somebody can be at their respective sport. But if I'm being honest with myself, it's mostly just a purely selfish way that I'd like to see what people can do at the highest level of sports and what could be achieved. Hmm. This person sounds like a psychopath to me. They sound like an evil scientist. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> should take roids so we can see what happens. Like you're doing, you're running human experiments. I disagree, man. Keep sports clean. You know, if somebody's using performance enhancers, then they need to be suspended or banned depending on how many times they abuse it. And a lot of leagues have that in place now. Um, steroids don't have a place in sports. Steroids are, they don't have a place in competition. You know, a lot of medical ailments are uh, treated with the use of steroids, but like using it to throw a ball farther or lift more weight you know if you're competing uh in bodybuilding competitions now that's just cheating like this person said you know to seeing the the peak form and the limits of the human body like sure man um but i disagree with you like i i don't know i i just disagree Hmm. We always talk about unintended consequences. And I think an unintended consequence of this is people going above and beyond. If you're telling somebody that they can get a competitive edge by taking steroids, they're going to abuse it to the maximum because there's no minimum. People are not like, oh, one steroid pill or one injection. I'm good. They're going to see as many injections as they can get. And that's unfortunate because 
As long as you can beat somebody else, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Interestingly, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I have no interest in seeing the physical limitations or capability of the human body as it pertains to sports. (laughs) I'm just not interested in that. I really don't care. I'm interested in what natural humans can do with their gifts and abilities. If y'all want to have your own separate league, go for it. But I think that a lot of people will die and a lot of people will get hurt with the amount of steroids that they're taking to play a certain sport. But that's just me. I was going to agree with you there. Like you're going to have a lot of people dead in their fifties from heart attacks and enlarged hearts. If you just deregulate steroids and let everybody take steroids, because like you said, a lot of people will overdo it um, to get that competitive edge and it will drive them and they're taking all these steroids and your heart's going to fail you um, because your heart's a muscle also guys. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely disagree with this person. Um, but I hope, you know, maybe they find a way to live out their, their weird fantasy. No shade, but yeah, I'm it out is on that weird. one completely. <laughs> I'm out on that completely. It's giving eugenics for some reason. That's what's coming into my mind. Yo, so that's crazy. That's what I thought the whole time you were saying it. I was mm-hmm. like, that sounds like some Nazi experiment shit, man. Like when they were, they had the Berlin Olympics, man. Like, yeah, that's not cool. And it reminds me of that scene in Get Out when that white dude is talking to the black guy and he's like, man, with your muscles and your build, man, you can really dominate. It's very weird. With your frame and your genetic makeup, if you really pushed your body, and I mean really trained, you know, no pussyfooting around, you'd be a fucking beast. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it's giving to me. It's giving how much pain can these people tolerate? What is their maximum threshold? It's just strange. I have no interest in seeing that, honestly. Because at the end of the day, let's see we see the full capability of what a human can do. Now what? So we know? I was like, going to say that's the problem. What's next? Somebody's going to try and push it even further. What's next? Then they're going to be crossing our DNA with different animals to see, okay, well, how far can we get it now? You know, uh, like, okay, you're this fast. Let's put in, let's put some, uh, cheetah DNA and try to make <laughs> something happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm good on that. What is the I'm point? That. What is the point? But we're talking about for sport, at the end of the day, that shit ain't that important, man. It's not because Dante and I, we've talked about this a couple times off the pod. We love sports, we love football, but at the end of the day, like, what is all this for? For what? Getting worked up for what? It's just entertainment at the end of the day. Like, I my life is not affected in any let me not say that <laughs> my life for the most part for the most part is not severely affected by whether or not the Cowboys win or lose it's all entertainment because if the Cowboys get a ring they got a ring what do I get now bragging rights great but other than that nothing really you know happens to my life if the Cowboys win or lose so it doesn't matter so seeing what the human body can achieve when it's pushed to the max I don't really care and I wouldn't want to see it because People will be looking like the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm completely out on that. So, whoa, I think that's five in a row we agreed on. Mm. So I had to go and drum up, guys. I had to go drum up one that is definitely going to get us talking. And I don't know how long we're going to be talking about this, but I've Justin and I have talked both on and off the pod about stuff like this. So I feel like this might get them fired up here. All right, y'all, in the middle of our recording, since Dante has Metro PCS, our call failed in the this middle of this, but crazy. we're back. We're back. This guy's crazy. <laughs> it's that fucking grid in Texas that Greg Abbott Hell no. ain't taking care of. Hell um, no. I think that Justin's going to be pretty passionate about and we'll see where it goes. We'll see if we end up agreeing or disagreeing. So the person writes, and here's the hot take, the headline, right? The That gets you to look. Um, and I'll read their blurb as well. This person states, we need to acknowledge that ugly people exist rather than saying things like all people are beautiful. They go on to say, ugly people exist and usually they know they're ugly. 
As do average people. Fake platitudes about how certain people are beautiful in their own special way don't really benefit anyone. The goal should be to make it okay to be ugly and be proud of yourself regardless and to treat ugly people with the same kindness and respect as beautiful or average people rather than whatever is we're currently doing. On the contrary, it's degrading and in the same way, air quotes, that special needs is degrading. What say you, Justin? I disagree with this person. I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Somebody that I find attractive, somebody could find ugly. I don't know. It just depends on the person. Beauty is relative for the most part, right? There are people that I think are ugly, but the people that I think are ugly, people can be like, oh, this person is fine. This person is whatever. So it's like it varies. And I don't think that something like beauty can be something that everybody understands and knows because our minds have been colonized to think that Eurocentric beauty features is the standard. So if you're judging everything through that lens, whatever is considered ugly is not Eurocentric in nature. So I think that that's problematic because what lens are we looking at it through? Okay, here's why I disagree with this person. I disagree with them because logically this whole argument is flawed. I agree with some things that they said for sure. I don't feel like patronizing somebody who you in your eyes believe is unattractive and saying, oh, well, you know, you're you're pretty in this way. I don't think that's doing them any good. But the reason I disagree with this is because saying somebody is attractive or beautiful or ugly, for that matter, or average, it's all subjective. It is about what your personal preferences are, and that's how you're going to view things. There are people that I find attractive that Justin probably wouldn't find attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that find each one of us attractive, and other people might be like, Oh, no, nah, I'm real good on that. <laughs> They're lying. They're lying. Whoever's they lying saying that themselves. is lying. They are Just lying take a look themselves. at the cover art. These two smiling black dudes. Um, yeah, you're lying to yourself if you say that. But yes, it's beauty. Attractiveness is very subjective. And that's the reason I disagree with this person. But I do agree with some of their statements about, you know, not patronizing people and degrading them by trying to save their feelings. You know, if you find somebody unattractive, unless you shouldn't bring it up and just flat out tell this person, hey, I think you're ugly. Unless they ask you for your opinion, then you just that you owe it to them to not hold back. People shouldn't ask questions they don't want the answers to. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't have to be rude about it, but you don't have to also tiptoe around it. You don't have to degrade somebody by patronizing them. I think that's worse than just being honest if you're patronizing somebody. What about that? Do you think patronizing is worse than just being honest? Yeah, just keep it to yourself. The world would be better if we didn't know your opinion about whether or not you think somebody's ugly or even saying that to their face. Like, what do you gain out of telling somebody that they're unattractive? Nothing. You just made somebody feel bad. That's unnecessary. You withholding your true opinion, you know, is better than spewing that into the world. Are there people that I find ugly? Yes. Are there people that I find attractive? Of course, but that's relative. My eyes are different from Dante's eyes, obviously, so... It's going to be different depending on the person. But do you think that in our society, there are people that are ugly, but people like, oh, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. I think people do that all the time. And I mean, I think like we said, right, it's it's relative and it's subjective because somebody could tell you that a person is is super attractive and they might just be friends with them and they care about this person. They like their personality. So that makes them, you know pretty in their eyes whether we're talking about physical or the whole package because we all know that somebody could somebody could be very attractive on the outside but if their personality is dog shit that kind of takes away from it right am i the only one that thinks that i hope i'm not you're um, not because you know, i agree it's like painting a masterpiece on a napkin what's the fuck's the point so I, I i wholeheartedly believe in that so it is very relative and it's very subjective and for that reason i have to disagree with this person although i think they raise some interesting points 
Mm-hmm. I wonder if people out there do think that our society likes to coddle people. But the reason why it's hard for me to make that point on this topic is because beauty is relative. Because there are people out there that might find that person attractive. Believe it or not, let me tell you all this. The ugliest person, just imagine the ugliest person imaginable. There is somebody out there that finds that person attractive. Believe it or not, there is somebody for everybody. I wholeheartedly believe that. Some people that you see that you think are ugly, you're like, how can anybody marry them? They're married. So they found a way. They found somebody for them. So it's possible. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like Justin said, right? Like, think about somebody that you went to school with that you thought was ugly. But I bet you knew somebody that was fucking them. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Put it like that. You know? Or it's like, true. You know, you've seen somebody, you're like, damn, like, no. You see, they got kids. Somebody's smashing it. So right. that's that should be the perfect example for you to show you that this is relative and it's subjective. Because just because you find ugly doesn't mean that somebody ain't willing to jump over mountains to jump their bones. The only thing that is different but similar is when people are talking about body positivity. Because I feel like looking at somebody's body is not relative. There are people that are thin and then there are people who are not thin, right? Well, that's talking about beauty then. But see, we talked about this before. Yeah, right? you see what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and we talked about this before. Like your eyes are not lying to you, right? Somebody is skinny, or somebody is not. Your eyes aren't lying to you. There, that's not subjective. Now, where you and I debated on this before is that how can you call somebody unhealthy if you're not their doctor, right? Your, I don't think your eyes are lying to you if you look at my 600 pound life and can tell. Yeah, they're not healthy. You know, right. Um, I think we're veering off of this a little bit, but, you know, obviously with that show, anybody that's on that show is unhealthy because to be honest, body positivity aside, I do believe that somebody who is 600 pounds is probably not healthy. I don't think the human body is meant to carry that much weight. I'm just being honest. And people that are listening, I hope that you agree with me. I don't think the human body was made to be that big. I don't think you can live a healthy and active lifestyle being 600 pounds or more. Here's my thing. Like, I. I believe that everybody should have reasons to love themselves, right? Like, I'm not saying that you should be shaming this person um, because they are morbidly obese or overweight. But I don't think at the same time we should be glorifying that my 600 pound life. I don't think we should be glorifying being 600 pounds. Like, yeah, we should be like, hey, this person, you're still a human. At the end of the day, you should still love yourself, but they should know the reality of it, of the situation that they're in. And I think that's where the lines get blurred for body positivity, at least in my opinion. Well, who's glorifying that? Honestly, I think people are watching them for entertainment. Like, oh, my gosh, how can somebody be that big? Oh, oh my gosh, a burger, burger. Mm, No, like, I think that's why people watch that. I don't think anybody glorifies 600 pound life. And it's like, that's amazing. Like, you're beautiful, even if you're 600 pounds or whatever. I don't think people do that. You got to get on BuzzFeed and Twitter then because there are people out there saying that like, no, you're still beautiful. Well, you can be subjective full circle. Yeah, Yeah, you can be attractive and be 600 pounds because attractiveness is about your face. Right. Am I right? A lot of those women have men on that show and a lot of those men have women on that show. (laughs) Exactly. So there's somebody for everybody, no matter how bleak it may be. Ladies and gentlemen, you will find somebody. But what do you guys think? It's definitely an interesting, unpopular opinion because What lens are we looking through? Because whatever lens you're looking through is relative and it'll definitely have effects on whatever your opinion is. So I like that one. I want to stay here for a second. Uh huh. And this has nothing to the unpopular opinion we just read led me to this. But I kind of want to ask your opinion on this. 
is it exploitation if a per if the person who's being exploited is benefited from it? Like, are they even being exploited if they're getting paid? There's plenty of people that are exploited but are being paid. People working in sweatshops are exploited but they're paid. The people that work for all these places that don't want to unionize, they're getting paid, but they're still being exploited for their labor. So definitely, they can be exploited. Okay, I think I was a little too broad about that because I agree with everything you just said there. But like shows like My 600 Pound Life, like this person's weight struggle is being presented for people to view as entertainment and something about that don't feel right. But they signed up for this and they're getting paid for it. You know, is that are they being exploited, you think? Or is it, hey, you got paid for this. You know what you signed up for. I think you have to look at it in two ways. You can either look at it as entertainment or. Or you can look at it as a cautionary tale of a lifestyle not to live and the risk and health factors that can happen whenever you are 600 pounds. Um, But other people can view it as entertainment because they're so far removed from relating to somebody that is 600 pounds. So seeing somebody and watching them interact is entertainment to them. But for other people, it can be like, whoa, my doctor told me I'm overweight. So I'm definitely going to avoid the habits that these people are making so I don't become one of them. It can work in both ways. It can be beneficial and it can also just simply be entertainment. Um, I don't think it's exploitative because at the end of the day, the person is agreeing to go on the show. They know that other people around the world are going to watch it. They know that they're going to be criticized. They know that there's things about their lives that will be exposed and they're signing on the dotted line. They're being compensated and they're wholeheartedly agreeing to be presented and represented on the show. So I don't think it's exploitative in that way. Now, if somebody is taking a video phone and is recording people and then uploading it to YouTube, oh, look at this fat person. Oh, look at this overweight person. That's exploiting somebody in the public eye because they didn't consent to that. And you're also profiting off of their likeness. I agree with that. I just wanted to see where you stood. That was a I I like that question that I asked. So I wanted to see how you were going to eloquently answer it. Um, Somebody says the saying everything happens for a reason is one of the most meaningless phrases and people should stop using it. It's often used to comfort people. But when you really think about it from that perspective, it's even worse. That phrase is less comforting when you really follow that line of reasoning out to its logical end. It's also used in a way where it's implied that the underlying reason is always good. We feign a sense of connection to something bigger than ourselves, whatever that's supposed to mean. What about war crimes, human trafficking, slavery, natural disasters, drug overdoses, child cancer? This isn't a dig at religious people or anything. It's just not a meaningful phrase. It really leaves me scratching my head when people use it. So they're saying the phrase, everything happens for a reason, is meaningless. I think that this phrase is very much tied in with religion. And I think that's why it is said and accepted still because they brought up great points, right? Like any logical person is going to sit there and say, you know, well, what's the good of slavery? And I don't want to go down that route with anybody that's going to try and give me good points about it. You know, <laughs> yeah, whether valid or invalid, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to talk about that. You brought up child cancer, right? Like, yeah, nah, it's hard for me to see any good in that or, you know, sex trafficking. Can't see mm-hmm. anything good in that. Um, mm-hmm. So people saying, you know, everything happens for a reason has been used as a a phrase of comfort for people when they're going through a tough time or they're not, you know, 100 percent or at their best in some way. And I don't think people take offense to that. Um, I think that's them. You know, people may say that because they don't know what else to say. Or it could be viewed as a cop out answer. But, you know, really taking a deep look into that, it could shake some people's core beliefs and 
people ain't ready for that conversation. Um, do I think the phrase is meaningless? No, because I know that it has at times made me feel better if somebody said to me, and I'm sure that I've said to somebody and it made them feel better. So I don't think that is meaningless, but I do think that logically speaking, it doesn't hold much weight. I'm not a big fan of the phrase, if I'm being real. I feel like saying everything happens for a reason is like Dante said, it can be used as a cop-out answer. I think that people use that phrase because honestly, if we're being real with ourselves, we don't know why we're here. We might follow certain religions. We might, you know, have people tell us what happens to us after we die. But for the most part, we don't know why we're here. We're just a bunch of cells trying to make sense of the world. That's why we have a society and we have laws and we have money and we have all this type of stuff. But we really don't understand our purpose here. And I think sometimes as we live life, we're like, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is the point of life? And by saying everything happens for a reason, we're trying to give our life a greater purpose to show that, you know what, whatever happened in your life was meant to happen because You know, it's part of your journey. Like you were supposed to face this in order to face new things in your horizon that could be better. But at the end of the day, I just think that it's us trying to cling on to something. And I think that's why people follow religion, because it gives us a sense of comfort because we don't know what happens to us after we die. But if we follow these things, if we read these things, it gives us comfort because faith, we call it faith because faith is not certainty. And there is no certainty because honestly, we don't know what's on the other side. So we cling on to faith and this idea of everything happening for a reason to make our lives mean more than it actually does. And I think that they it's used to make people not question so much and worry their mind, right? Like, hey, everything happens for a reason. Stop worrying about it. How are you going to you know, move forward or feel better? I think it's a pacifying type of thing. Man, that's going to make me think about if I should, you know, ever be saying this to people again. This is a good one. This got me thinking. Did we come to a conclusion on this one? I agree with them. I don't think it's completely meaningless, but I think that when you look at it logically. I don't think it's meaningless. Yeah, because it means something to some people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't think it's meaningless. I just think that it's coddling and pacifying, and I think it's a a cop-out. Because I will say, though, that if something bad does happen in your life, I won't say that it happens for a reason. But I do think that with adversity comes a new understanding and a way to gain inner strength that you didn't have before. You learn some stuff along the way as well. So I think that that can happen whenever you go through adversity. But I won't go as far as to say, you know what? You got beat up. Everything happens for a reason. (laughs) Or you got in a car accident and almost lost your life. Everything happens for a reason. I don't want to hear that because getting in a car accident should not happen in the first place. So to say that everything happens for a reason. No, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, man, like they they listed really good examples. And it's like if somebody says, well, everything happens for a reason to that, it's like that's kind of like a big fuck you. Right. Um, They listed excellent examples. And they by them expanding upon what they said really pulled me over to their side about this. See, there's power in words in the way that you phrase and write something. All right. Next unpopular opinion I have. This person wrote giving a two weeks notice to leave a job should not be the norm. They go on to say, seriously, jobs can fire you at any time. But you need to give them a notice when you're leaving. At will employment should apply to both parties. I think it's stupid that leaving a job without notice can be a red flag for future employers. And they preface saying, edit, should have been more specific. I know at will employment applies to both parties, but one party, the employee, seems to be the only one that is affected negatively if they decide to terminate the relationships prematurely. What say you? Hmm. I 
agree with this person. I think that if we were given the ability to just quit without putting in a two-week notice, the threat of us even quitting will force the employer to treat you well, to value you, to treat you as a human being and not a number, not something that can easily be replaced. You'll value the people that work for you because at the end of the day, you'll be scared that, hey, if I upset this person, they're going to just quit and leave and then leave me stranded the same way that you leave them stranded when you fire them without notice because that can happen. Oftentimes, people are treated as a number and they are. People are treated like they don't care. You can be in service to this company for 20 years and then at the drop of a hat, they can fire you for whatever reason. Is that fair in my book? Not necessarily, because I feel like in this day and age, we don't have loyalty anymore. Back in the day, people used to work for a company for 20 years and say, oh, I worked for this company for 20 years. They were loyal to me. I was good to them. They were good to me. But that doesn't happen anymore. We're all expendable at the end of the day. Companies treat us like trash and they're allowed to. So I feel like the reverse end of that, we should be allowed to do the same because I think that that'll force them to care about us and value us and treat people with respect and dignity. Otherwise, to the left, to the left, we're going to leave. You're going to have to hire somebody else and scramble. So if you don't like doing that and firing people on a whim, we should be allowed to quit and see if you like that. I work in this line of work and I completely agree with it. And you brought up something that's very interesting when you said loyalty to a company. Listen, there's no such thing as loyalty to, to a company because companies are not loyal to you. They will cut you for any reason. It could be budget cuts. They might, they just might not like the way that you dress or they didn't like the way that you answered a question in a meeting and it put a sour taste in their mouth and you've been, there's been a target on your back ever since. And I, I hate to put it, you know, so bluntly and grimly for people, but think about it this way, right? Loyalty to a company. Let's say tomorrow you get hit by a bus and you die. You know what's going to happen? They, they'll send out an email about you. They'll send your family some flowers, but they'll have your job posted two days later, have somebody on your seat a week later. And it's like you never work there. So such thing as company loyalty. They'll terminate you at any time for any reason. And I think that giving a two weeks notice like, oh, this is the professional thing to do. Yeah, that's great. Are they going to give me a two week notice that they're going to let me go because I have bills to pay. So now I need to budget my money differently and accordingly. And I need to go apply to jobs and set up some interviews. So I make sure that I'm not missing a beat. They don't give a fuck about that when they want to terminate you, but you're expected to say, hey, by the way, I'm just letting you know that I'm leaving you. Nah, I don't agree with that. And it's like, are you really going to go find out who my new employer is and, and uh, badmouth me? Or are you going to like try to blacklist me from, you know, working in other companies, you know, give bad references about me? Like, it's stupid. It's a one way street. And I completely agree with this person. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we did talking it out. But we'll end on not an unpopular opinion, but a what would you do? So this person writes in, my mom's boyfriend is sus. Okay, cool. That could be a little misleading. I want to know what's up here. <laughs> so they <laughs> so they say, so I had to help my mom's boyfriend add an app to his phone and I had to log in. But when the keyboard came up, the three predictive texts were www.match.com, the dating site, and two other irrelevant words. I just want to know what anybody else would do in this situation. Would you press him or would you just tell your mom? What would you do, Justin? Hmm. I would not press him, and I don't think I would tell my mom either. If I'm suspecting anything, 
I would tell my mom that, hey, a couple weeks ago, I saw this. So everything that you're feeling right now, it's making sense as we continue to connect the dots. But I think that seeing that as the predicted text is jumping to conclusions because we don't know the context. He could have had a friend that is trying to go on Match.com and he's logging in to see what Match.com looks like or something. It could be anything. Uh, I think sometimes we like to jump to conclusions. Um, If you feel that you aren't jumping to conclusions, then go ahead and tell. But for me, just based on seeing that, I don't think that I'm going to say anything to him or anything to my mom. I just note it in the back of my mind. And if it comes up again, I connect the dots and then move on from there. That is very interesting. Well, you can just call me a conclusion jumper. okay? (laughs) because I'm telling my mama. Oh, my gosh. My mom ain't about to be out here made a fool by nobody. Nope, 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 nope. Tattletale. Nope, I don't care. You're doing my mama dirty. Guess what happens? I ain't said this in a long time on this podcast, but guess what happens? Once these baby dump trucks start, they don't stop, okay? I think that this more so goes to something that I deal with as a person. I react a lot in the moment, and I would benefit in a lot of aspects of my life of sitting back and digesting and thinking on things. But something like this where I think, hey, you playing with my mama's heart. Nah, I'm going to go tell my mom, man. I'm going to do both, actually. I'm going to press you on it and tell my mom. Be like, hey, so uh, what's up with this? Like, I'm a, I have your phone in my hand. Now, let me try and log in on here and see if you have a profile. And then I'm going to tell my mom. But something's getting addressed that day. Really? Dang. You would go as I wouldn't even I'm not a drama person. I feel like if it's not blatantly obvious, there's no need to make things bigger than they are. See, those those baby dump trucks, they'd be sensitive like anything. They'd be charged up and ready to go. You don't got to get ready when you stay ready. I'm dropping some gems on y'all again, man. It's been a while. (laughs) I'm just saying. Look, if it comes down, if it comes down to my mom, I ain't losing the fight. I got too much on the line. (laughs) Right. (laughs) His mom on the line. Come on now. His mom's heart and mama's heart cannot be broken. But that's interesting that you would that you would jump to that conclusion. We differ in that department. Yeah, we do. But uh, what would you guys do? We love talking about this with each other. But like, what would you guys do in these situations? What would you do in that scenario? And then flip it. Right. Like, what if it was uh, your dad's girlfriend? <laughs> you saw you saw Tinder or all her shit. Did you tell your dad or would you try to slide yourself and see what's up? Like, what would you do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So many questions that need answers. Y'all type in in the anonymous thing. We want to know because me and Dante will probably talk about this because I don't know what I would do. I have to let it marinate. But off the dome right now, I don't think I would jump to conclusions because that's not me in general. Yeah, I'd be a conclusion jumper. Um, is there anything else we got for the people, Justin? That's it for me. I feel like we gave people enough for this week. Lots to digest, lots to think about. As always, we want to know your thoughts. So y'all don't be afraid. Click that link in the anonymous question bank. Ask us anything. Follow us. Uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, rate the show because I know y'all haven't. Y'all hate doing that, but y'all rate the show. We love that. Leave a review. Even better. Um, but that would really make our day. Like, talking to us in the dms that makes our day because we're connecting to you guys and sending in questions is amazing too so please do all of the above if you love the show big facts big facts leave a rating leave a review tell your friends to tell their friends about it leave an anonymous question but don't forget to tell us where you're writing from you could just give us a state or a general region of the country if you think we'll narrow you down that much and we won't trust me but right. um for justin i'm dante this has been another episode of polar opposites we hope you enjoyed the episode and we will catch you on next week's episode see ya bye guys